0: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the
1: to episode 110 of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast, a conversation between woodworkers. I'm Sean Wisniewski of the Corner Workshop, and with me is my co-host, Diami Plotky of the Penultimate Woodshop. And with us today is our special guest, Tony Rouleau of Hillview Metal, well, sorry, Wood and Metal. How's everybody doing? Hello.
2: Good.
0: Hello. <laughs> I always make that same mistake. I don't know why, but wood, uh, metal and wood just kinds of, is what I want to say, but I am all for the wood and metal. Let's put the wood first. <laughs>
2: that's what came first so
1: yeah it's your name Betty. (laughs) I uh, can't take that away from you so uh, Deami what uh, what you been up to
0: I've taken on another project and made zero progress on the million open projects I have
1: okay so let's let's backtrack just a little bit did you get
0: the siding done okay <laughs> I haven't gotten the siding done I haven't gotten the <laughs> pantry done I haven't finished the um, the gazebo weather vane project I started last week um, are you still
1: sitting on shelving
0: I'm still sitting on shelving the mic <laughs> rack I started over the summer I just found it on my t- on my workbench yesterday and I'd forgotten I started it and it remains half finished um, let me see Long. what else do I have that's in the middle of I've made a pretty firm commitment that in the spring I have to build a dining room table,
1: to for Um, your house or someone else's. Oh God,
0: no, for my friend in Virginia. Why would I make it for my house? Oh yeah. Um, And then um, just uh, yesterday, I basically decided I was going to make some flag wall unit things. Um, Flag wall unit things. Yeah, um, I'm still bouncing the design around for my head, but I know. Amy from uh, Maker's Hustle. Mm-hmm. She and I were chatting on Twitter, and I think I'm going to make her one, and then see how they come out and whether I want to make some. I think I might try selling them on Etsy, but I'm also thinking for the design I have, I'm going to need to invest some in some some more tools because I don't have enough. Uh-huh. I need uh, I need a vacuum chamber and um, the, the tools to do resin impregnation? Oh. Yeah, and I've been toying with wanting to get that set up anyway for other projects, so this may be the motivation to get it, but I just started monkeying around with it last night looking at pricing and stuff, and I don't know if I really want to invest all that in it right now, so I'm not sure. This is a project I really want to do, but I'm not 100% sure. I may just change the way it's done to use the millions of tools I already have rather than having to go out and buy some more tools. Excellent. Is Is that interesting and yet vague enough for you? Completely.
1: It's wonderful. It's uh, exactly what we're looking for. Um, you look I, there,
0: Sean?
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't say much more. I. Uh, I am still waiting to get my first taste of the green Kool Aid.
0: Um, did your standard not come either? Mine's been delayed till January.
1: Uh, I think I heard February. Oh, so you know boy, what? You right. boy, <laughs> did they oversell on that one? And I got mine. I forget who exactly I bought it from. One of the American Festival online mm. sellers. Uh, did you go through somebody locally?
0: No, no. I specifically went through a guy in New Jersey, so I don't have to pay sales tax.
1: Oh, well, there you go. And still, he's back ordered.
0: Yeah, he's back ordered to January or
1: So, yeah, you know, and I forget what the email was, but it is sometime in 2017, early 2017 at that. But I was hoping to get that, you know, and be able to talk about it. I'd actually, I'd love to. I, I have yet to own a festival product, and uh, that little sander was such a great deal, which I guess is how they oversold, but... Um,
0: Do you have any Festool Sanders, Tony?
2: I have a Domino. That okay. was my uh, that's my only. I looked long and hard at that sander, and uh, I had just bought uh, a, a little Milwaukee, or I'm sorry, a Makita palm sander like like three weeks before. So it was just mm-hmm. one of those things where
0: <laughs> that stuff.
2: Yeah, I couldn't justify it. I've heard some guys are pushed out to March
0: on that sander I, I, okay. I wouldn't i wouldn't doubt it and i'm yeah. i'm holding in my hand the the mm. ETS 125 eq the one that is the the weaker version of it i guess or the one that is the professional grade version of whatever they're calling it okay um and this one in my hand is very nice for delicate work but my biggest complaint about it and admittedly this is because i'm doing sculpted work and i'm not getting full compression on the pad i'm not i don't mean to say that it doesn't work on the flats but on anything sculpted it doesn't have enough power and it doesn't keep the pad rotating hmm. so i when i saw that it was more powerful that's and it for what it is for a festool it was very cheap it was
1: exceptionally cheap but, but if it is
0: in fact more powerful then it will be a welcome addition to my sanders if it's not more powerful i'll probably take one of the two of them and sell them because i don't need
1: both <laughs> yeah yeah, my, my, my easy thing, I I have not recently purchased one. I think my – I've got a Bosch 5-inch random orbit, and I – oh, man, it's 8, 10 years old now. Mm. And it's – the pattern has been destroyed. I need to replace it anyway, but I um, I was like, oh, for, you know, for 100 bucks, I couldn't get a Bosch for that cheap, so why not?
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you, though, the Bosch is – from what I understand, I've never owned a Bosch sander, but – I trust uh, Todd Clippinger's advice about tools pretty mm-hmm. well. He, yeah. he uses and uses and uses his tools. Yes. And he swears by the Bosches. He has two Bosch six inches, mm. mm-hmm. and he absolutely loves them. And from My what I understand, they're, they're unbelievable sanders. I I don't know. I, I say this owning almost every sander that Festool makes, <laughs> but they're not – I don't know. Like – the reason I'm at this point so committed to this system is because of the accessories and the type of work I do. The interface pads, the soft pads, those make a tremendous difference to me. And the, when you're when you're sanding really sculpted pieces, the interface pads are incredibly important. But if all I was going to do was sand rectilinear surfaces, I think they're probably a waste of money. They're overkill. Or not, not even overkill because for a flat surface, I don't know that they're any better than anyone else's sander.
1: Okay, and that's I guess I, I, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna fix up the Bosch, and I, I will do a bit of a side by side just to see. It's not gonna hurt me to have two of them, especially that part spread apart. But um, and I don't have the the dust extractor or anything, so I'm not gonna get the full, you know, what you know, maybe the full effect because maybe their their dust extraction is better.
0: Festool is going to say this is going to make your tool, you know, light on fire as you use it and kill you and all your children at the same time. <laughs> but if I and it, in all honesty, it may it may screw up the circuitry somehow. I'm not sophisticated enough to understand this. I think that they're doing what? Of, well, using a non-static dissipating hose. Oh wow. Um. But or, or maybe you're using a static dissipating hose when you should be using a nod. It confuses the hell out of me. Um, I remember when I put the dust deputy on my CT vacuum, I got all these people saying, oh my God, you can't use that one because it dissipates static or it doesn't dissipate static or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> and I actually talked to Oneida and they were not willing to tell me that the one they recommend does work, but they were willing to tell me the one they rec- they don't recommend does not work. And it was just... Like, you could what? so peculiarly tell the woman I had on tech support was speaking so as not to violate some rule that Festool had. Anyway, yeah. the point I'm trying to make is about the vacuum. For 30 to $40 on Amazon, you can get the Bosch dust collector hose. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have one connected to my miter saw. And it's the same exact size fittings as the Festool. Okay. And what's okay. great about both, but the Bosch is $35. The Festool is 110 whatever it is. Hmm. But they're one carry static and one doesn't. Um, but they both just fit into a regular, like, rigid shop vac. Oh. The actual port at the vacuum is the same size. I think it's three and a half inches or three and a quarter inches. So okay. spend the $30 on the Bosch hose. Mm-hmm. You can connect it to your Bosch sander and your Festool sander and just mm-hmm. plug it into a shop vac and you're done.
1: That seems like a legitimate way of doing it. Um, if you can put a bag in your first. shop
0: vac, do that so the so the filter itself doesn't clog with the fine dust. Yeah, I do run a bag it. in it. Yep.
1: Was that? I do run a bag in my little guy. Right yeah. Now. So yeah.
0: that's that's it. Um, mm-hmm. You're gonna just any sander, you will see such an improved difference when you connect it to um to a dust collector. That's that's the thing about the Fest tools is nine times out of ten they're connected to a dust extractor, so they seem like these miracle things. Well just plug any sander into it into a vacuum mm-hmm. and it performs so much better. I have right. a I have a Makita four inch belt sander. You plug <laughs> that into a vacuum and it is noticeably better. Like it it's just sanders and vacuums go together. It's just that simple. Hmm.
1: Well there you go. Tony, what have you been yes. up to? Um
2: I've uh, committed to finishing my kitchen remodel before Thanksgiving.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, oh, it, it, of this year, yes, it, of 2016. It's, been, it's been
2: in process for over two years. So I figured it's uh, time to, you know, tie lace up my boots and get that done. So I gave myself a deadline. And...
1: So what? What all are you doing to the kitchen?
2: <laughs> um, I live in a barely knew it was 2002 or so, modular house, so I have the uh, the, the oak cabinets, which are, you know, the, the gold, the quote-unquote gold, so they look orange.
0: And, uh,
2: <laughs> it's just, it, so I was on my high horse that I was going to build cabinets, and I am just, I started to to build them out of cherry, and I'm just... My wife and I are just too utilitarian, and we're just, it, it, we're not the people that are going to have the showroom house. So mm-hmm. we just decided to, we, we painted, the, we, we rearranged the cabinets, and uh, I had a small island in the center of the kitchen. We turned the, the, the countertops, it's more, instead of an, it was an L shape with an island, now it's more of a U shape. With okay. uh and, and with a, with a, with the stove at uh one of the lakes of the ewes and then uh i cut a a hole in the exterior uh the gable end of the the southern end of the house and uh, i installed the window which brought in a lot more light when i built my house i was 24 and i didn't understand what you know how vital a southern exposure was to a house and stuff like that it
0: gets cold up there
2: It does, and then, you know, the sun, you know, it's just just the light, just to have the light, you know, is is huge. And, uh, so I just put in a bamboo floor last week. Uh, I painted the walls this weekend, and now it's, there's not much more left. I've got to do, uh, a cabinet above the, the fridge, which is going to, uh... It goes the, the fridge is in the corner of the kitchen. then there's a there's a, like a farmhouse sink where the window is looking out, oh, nice. and then it continues mm-hmm. to the rest of the kitchen. Well, that span over the window. I've got a bunch of uh, maple. I, uh, my grandparents had a dairy farm for years and years, and uh, I <clears throat> we cut down on an older maple tree and I had that all. Uh, cut up into boards and i've got a bunch of that that i'm going to use to make uh just uh it's like kind of like an ambrosia maple and i'm going to use that to to make shelves over and along the sides of the window and that'll span from the fridge cabinet to the uh to the cabinet on the other side of the window so i don't have too much left and it's once i get into the woodworking end of it it'll be a little more fun than painting cabinets and getting bamboo splinter slivers so
0: yeah <laughs> in terms of the cabinets you said you were thinking you were going to go cherry and you said to go more utilitarian so you you did not build cabinets all you've done <laughs> the cabinets is paint the old ones
2: yeah we just we just decided to to paint them um it you know i know it's sacrilege to paint hardwood but
0: no, no 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 hold on hold on oh, you painted oak which yeah, it's it's remorse. it's red. No, okay.
2: It's red oak. It's orange red oak at that. So it's just, it didn't hurt my feelings at all. So <laughs> did
0: and, you uh, have to grain fill, pour fill?
2: I didn't want to. I thought about going the whole route, but I'd like even with three coats of paint, you still see the grain come through, and, right? And like that.
0: <laughs> it's okay.
1: You're still getting a little bit of the yeah, waning. You, you, can, you know, you, know
2: you, you see that it's wood. You know, it's just. Yeah, I thought about the whole slurry and all that stuff, and it's just it, if, if if I'm gonna go that right route, I might as well just make you know like poplar cabinets. And if yeah. I want the glass finish, and uh, but a uh, but that's what I've been working on, and and just side projects, you know, the the branding irons and stuff like that. But uh,
0: branding irons seem to be keeping you busy. It,
2: it it's it's. It's a it's a very good problem. It's just it, it it hasn't stopped. It's been about a year, and it just the orders just keep coming in. So it, it's kept me very busy. A little bit away from the shop, but it's 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 helped uh, it's helped uh, fund my shop. You know, that's oh, something yeah. I've never had. You know, I'm not much to do. It's up where I am. It's hard to really command. Prices for commission pieces, um, and so it's just—I've tried briefly and you know on and off to sell pieces, and a lot of people in this area just—they either don't understand the work involved or they don't have the money to invest in. You know, mm. when you when you tell people like I've had people I want an entertainment center, and it's like the the. the 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 cost of the wood is going to scare you you know Mm. and it's just at least in 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 my area where i am it's uh it's tough to do that so with the branding irons that i've been doing it's a nice way with this it it it, i've delved headlong into this community and and it's just nice to see something that i've done in the hands of jimmy Duresta and you know Paul Jackman and all these guys, and just woodworkers in general, and it's it's just a cool thing, you know. And I'm I'm very lucky. Uh, the, uh, the the man that owns the machine shop where I work as as machinist full time, mm-hmm. he allows me to uh, to use his his equipment as if it were mine after hours, and that's where. Oh, okay. To... I was
0: I was going to ask that whether you do all that milling. <laughs> in your own shop you do them you do them at at work not during work but at work
2: yeah it's at work i i have a small mill and a a a decent sized metal lathe that i that i've purchased you know over the years and stuff that i i can do small stuff but when i have access to these large super accurate cncs it's just it 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 makes life a lot easier
1: yeah Um, it's all too tempting i'm sure
2: it is yeah and and you know, and and he he likes it because the more I'm using these machines, the more I've become accustomed to it. And also, I've done work for people, and they've they find out that I'm at a machine shop, and we've actually quoted work and gotten jobs from the branding irons. Oh, good. You know, where hmm. it's just technology and stuff. So, so he understands that, and he's very forward thinking in that way.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool actually.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. Now I I'm as we discovered when we were looking at Google Maps at WIA, my dad has a place about a block and a half from you.
2: Yeah, it's it's probably it's less than a quarter mile.
0: Yeah, and it it appears that he bought it from someone in your family.
2: Yeah, my it, it was part of my grandparents' farm.
0: So i I am by no means as familiar with the area as you are, but um, I have some familiarity with it, having been up there many times over the past mm-hmm. few years. Though, so unfortunately, since I've known you, I haven't been up there. <laughs> I don't think he's been up there in about six months. So, yeah, you said he's been uh, down. Yeah,
2: down he quite bought a, bit.
0: he bought a new house here, and it's it seems to be occupying his time. Um, but that being said. Where uh, where is the machine shop that you work? Is it in the Greenwich area, or do you have to go somewhere a little bit more urban? You have to go closer to Saratoga or Albany to get a shop, because it sounds like you work at a at a good shop.
2: It, it is. It's it's a small job shop, but it's 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 fairly high tech. Uh, we it, it's it's in us a, a small town called Hudson Falls. Okay. And it there's a town about. Or a city, I should say. Well, a city to me. Um, that's uh, it's about a half hour north of Greenwich, and it's uh, called Glens Falls. Yeah, and no, it's,
0: Glens Falls is a proper city. Yeah, and, and, from it's,
2: it's it's just across the river from Glens Falls. So,
1: but uh, I need to back up just for a second. Yep. I say Greenwich. Naomi, you say Greenwich. Tony said Greenwich. It's who's right. It,
2: in this area, it's Greenwich. My mother really, will fi- my mother will fist fight you. Yeah,
0: Greenwich is in New York. Greenwich is Connecticut. Spelled the same. Okay, one. okay. Yeah, All and right.
2: there's Greenwich, Greenwich Village and and you know Manhattan, but
1: we have a Greenwich, yeah, Greenwich it's, Village it's in, always, in Michigan it's, too.
2: It's always been Greenwich.
1: Yeah. Hmm. All right. I learned something today. <laughs> No, so um just real quick before we get too deep into, into Tony, I just wanted to bring up a few things. Um did any either of you get uh out to participate in the Turn for Troops event that was uh this past weekend? The uh, November eleventh, twelfth actually. Or have you in the past have you, ever, you ever, um you forgot to do
0: that?
2: No, I'm not will, familiar uh,
0: with it. Yeah, I, I was going to defer to Tony, but apparently we've had the same answers. Yeah, <laughs> I was not not uh, not aware of the event until you you brought it up. Um, okay, have you, so have you done it, Sean? I know you you have a lathe, right? You do turn. I it.
1: do, I do, and I've done it. I've actually the only time I participated, I actually went to Woodcraft on lunch one day and just whip, whipped out a pen real quick. Um, it's it's just a really cool thing. I think they've done it um, maybe you know up to over ten years now, where they they just for, for kind of for
0: those like. Tony and myself and anyone else listening, what what is the event?
1: Okay, so it, I don't know how big of an event it is, but it, it is a it is a uh, uh, well, it's an event <laughs> that um, Woodcraft offers their their stores, and I don't know if it's every store because of how they're franchised or whatever. But um, the opportunity for you to come in there and use their equipment and turn a pen, or if you have your your own equipment, you can make a pen. And the idea is that it, they donate those to our servicemen. Um, just for use, and I you mean, know, it's just—it's it, as valuable to them as it is to anybody who's selling the pen for twenty-five dollars. It takes five minutes to make, um, you know, and its just a, its a cool thing, uh, just a little bit of, uh, of a way to su- support our troops, because um, hey, they need fine writing utensils too. Sure, this is a cool thing. I mean, and and it's—it's it's weird, and they don't promote the hell out of it. It's it's just a thing that kind of happens. I happen to work right down the road from one of the stores. So I hear about it. I mean, I hear about it because of emails, but it's easy enough for me to get to. And I know not everyone has a woodcraft in their neighborhood, but, um,
0: in their state
1: or in their state. <laughs> yeah. That's not true. There's
0: one in Rochester.
1: <laughs> there you go. It's just a big state you level. Um, so yeah, it does, I don't know who's out there. I mean, it, it's done now. It, it happened in, you know, the second week in, in November, but, um, Something to look forward to. If you've never heard about it, look for it. You know, uh, next year. Look on, on Woodcraft's blog, or actually, it was right up front on their website. Um, not that I commonly visit the website, but it, it was there when I looked. Oh, I know. Um, just uh, something to look out for. Um, and also, um, if if you pay attention or are on mailing lists of popular woodworking, they put out a thing a, uh, a week or so ago um, about uh, an inverse uh, or. A, an interview that they had held with Gary Knox Bennett, who I'm not super familiar with, but they, there, there's an interview that's coming out later or early in 2017, I guess, in video form um, or some, some story about his his stuff, but they, they have a small uh, video that they released of Alf Sharp, one of our previous guests interviewing him, just asking him random questions. And uh, there's a profanity warning on it. So it's gotta be good entertainment. (laughs) So if, if you at all an are absolute hoot and, an absolute,
0: yeah. And it and really, not, I mean, not, to, not to say anything ill about his age, but from the looks of it, and I, I will freely admit to knowing Gary Knox Bennett's name, but not not being familiar with his work. And I would not have been able to tell you what he looked like. But in seeing it, he is of an age where when I reach that age, I hope I don't care what I say anymore.
1: <laughs> correct. I am I, yes, the same. Um, but yeah, that's a a good entertainment. It's a few minutes video just to sit back and listen to old guys cuss at each other. It's kind of funny. (laughs) Not cuss at each other. It's just a, you know, it's like two friends hanging out. It's kind of funny. Anyway, anybody else see anything hip and happening on the interwebs?
0: Uh, Unfortunately, my, my interweb for viewing has been, uh, Less woodworking and more political these days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been busy, so I've not, I've not done all that much. Although, you know what I should say, what? and I am remiss for not mentioning earlier, is that we have a new website. We do have a new website. And um, we also have some issues with our um, domain registrar. Uh, which I'm not going to get into now, but so we're working on that. If uh, if you'd be kind enough, if any listeners would be kind enough, and I say this to Mrs. Iovino, I'll spell it out f- so it's as straightforward as possible. My dad listens um,
1: too, by the way. Oh well, then found that out. Um, we have two,
0: Mr. Wisniewski Wozniski. I'm never going to pronounce nope. your name properly. That's fine. Um, Mr. W. Yeah. Is he in Ohio.
1: <laughs> He's in Michigan.
0: Ah, no wonder. <laughs>
1: grew up in Ohio. moved to Michigan.
0: Can you blame him? Um, I'm not even sure what that means, other than I know you're a huge Michigan sports fan.
1: I am. Um, yeah, you've seen me. I've, I, I've been to a couple Michigan events lately.
0: Anyway. But uh, the new website is themodernwoodworkersassociation.com. Um, all that stuff about a red star, forget that. What it really is, is I'm envious of Mark, and I know that for the longest time, he was the Wood Whisperer and didn't have he's since gotten it but for the longest time he didn't have woodwhisperer. com he only had the woodwhisperer. com so wanting to be like mark we decided we would no longer have modern woodworkers modern woodworkers dot com we would simply have the modern woodworkers dot com so uh completely new site has all the old stuff on it it's let's say late stage beta um i'm still working it out and i'm gonna Yell at Sean a little bit after we're done with this and make him work a little bit of it out, too.
1: Um,
0: so if you'd be kind enough to check it out, it is the com. You listen to this, you'll hear that the RSS feed for the audio podcast is still the same as ever. Uh, you don't have to do anything to resubscribe. But uh, new look and feel to the site. Um, and we're posting a bit there. So, I, In fact, the latest post I had there was that Speak of Mark he shot a video of a bunch of us at Woodworking America and just published it a few days ago. So I shared that video with a little bit of commentary on it. So uh, please check us out at the Absolutely.
1: I'm sad I had to leave. I missed his interviews. Mm. I was
0: They were riveting. He he interviewed <laughs> Aaron Showtime Marshall.
1: Oh yeah. On video.
0: <laughs> Indeed.
1: <laughs> Man. I'm surprised. Anyway, so back to Tony. Tony, I have to admit that I am not fully – I've heard of you, and actually it's funny. My, my kids, when I mentioned that we were going to be talking, and your company name, Hillview, that, you know, my younger son, his elementary school is Hillview. So the first question I have for you is how did you come up with that name?
2: Um, my, my house is out in the middle of a hayfield. Which was part of my grandparents' uh, dairy farm, and my grandfather's farm was called Hillview Farm.
1: Oh, there you go.
2: And it, <clears throat> I just, you know, I just like the, the the name of it, and just the kind of the heritage.
1: No, that, that that's a very good reason. I call my blog the Corner Workshop because I occupy a corner of my basement. <laughs> yours is a little more valid. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but um so and i i've heard of you and uh diami's met you he's been lucky enough there but um I, I i'm on your instagram feed mainly i've seen you're you're making planes you're doing the machining as you mentioned before you make branding irons uh tell us a little bit about like i guess what what do you what do you do i mean you're a machinist by trade
2: Yes. Are you a trained
1: machinist? Has this been your career all along, or have you kind of?
2: Yeah, for the most part, for twenty years, uh, slightly over twenty years now. Um, okay, I, I went to, to trade school out of high school to be a machinist, and uh, I've, you know, I've, I've gone from a job shop, which is you know anything from contract manufacturing to to broken farm equipment to, you know, any, anything. Uh, then I went to, I, I spent some time at at a medical facility that, that manufactured, uh, medical devices. So I, I, I learned, uh, equipment building and stuff like that, uh, mold making. Um, and then I, I, I had a small stint where I was a millwright for a hydroelectric, uh, outfit for, uh, water turbines on dams and then i went back to uh i missed uh making cr- you know i i i was a supervisor and i was doing uh you know maintenance and stuff like that and i wasn't creating anything and i'm mm-hmm. ever since i was a little kid whether it was legos or anything i've always had to to create and the with the mill writing, I was on call, and I would be so burnt out, I would come home, I wouldn't do anything in my wood shop, and then it just it was kind of a, a repeat process. So I uh, I decided to, to go to this to the shop I'm at now, Hain and Packard Machinery, and uh, I've been there for a little over five years. And you know I've, I'm producing in my wood shop. I'm producing there, and it's 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 things are good.
1: Yeah. That's that's cool. Um, so you're on like a big fancy Haas CNC, yeah? You know?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I, I run a uh a, a standard three-axis Haas vertical milling machine, and we just got uh a uh, five-axis Haas,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: that that's that's a new learning curve. So that's kept me uh entertained.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if that's your kind of entertainment, go <laughs> it for is, it. Yep. <laughs> So how did you, um, you know, and, and we'll we'll ask you questions later, but you know, how did you come to, uh, as far as Hill, Hillview, metal and wood, or wood and metal, depending on which order you like to say. That's fine, yeah. <laughs> if it's okay with let's,
0: you, let's, um, I'm going to totally say wood and metal because I've screwed it up enough, and I appreciate when people get my name right. There you so, go. So uh, Hillview, wood and metal. Wood and metal.
1: Wood and metal. Um, uh, how did you? Or I guess, how, yeah, how did you get started in that business? Like, wh- wh- you know, or creating your business, making things. I know, you, you know, you, we mentioned you're making branding irons. Um, do you ever venture into furniture or or are you keeping your machining kind of you know, as part of your work just because that's what you're familiar with?
2: Um, I I started to do commission pieces and then it, I, I – you know, I would I would spread myself thin, and then the hobby turned into a job. Mm-hmm. And so now, usually wood pieces are gifts and things here and there uh, for myself and for others. And occasionally I will do like a commission piece if it really interests me. Like I did a uh, I made a, a backgammon board for my for my cousin for her husband for Christmas, and that was. Something intrigued me because I got to do you know I, it was it was box construction and and there was a lot of little intricate things uh, veneer cutting I cut ash and walnut veneer for all the triangles and fit them and then the checkers I was able to uh, I have a, a, a it was kind of a friend of a friend that had a a, a, a cabinet making but more industrial like doctors offices and stuff so i was able to get corian offcuts and i used the cnc to make the checkers out of corian Ooh. and then you know and it, that's the stuff that 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 i like just you know to, to kind of incorporate both things and that's where i've i've slowly gravitated towards the tools because the the higher end tools it can be a, a piece of art and there's elements of wood and there's the, the elements of the machining, and that's that seems to be where I'm gravitating to.
0: Okay. Well, l- let me ask you, Tony. You you took us through the your career path in terms of doing the machining and, and various aspects of that. Um, where did you get into the woodworking? How did it become Hillview uh, Wood and Metal? <laughs> Why isn't it just Hillview Metal?
2: Um, my father for the past. 40 some years has worked at a, a, a hardware store up in glens falls and uh so he's always had a, a, a fairly decent shop you know in, in in his cellar when i was growing up and uh i was very lucky greenwich had a very very good shop program where most schools didn't and uh in seventh grade you you took you know technology, and they taught you the scroll saw, and I was hooked from there. And uh, my father got me a scroll saw for Christmas, and then through the years, through junior high and high school, I just took I took every single technology course I could, whether it was electronics or woodworking or metalworking, and just just you know kept myself busy. And then uh, I was getting ready to i did a little bit of woodworking in my later teens high school years but not a lot but it was when i was preparing to build my house uh i made a few pieces of furniture i made a, a coffee table um that i still have and uh it was a it was my first time i think really working with with hardwoods, with oak and ash and, like, uh, Purple Heart and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of fueled it. And uh, then through most of my 20s, I, I did a lot of scroll work, a lot of uh, intarsia, and stuff like that. And it just – I I don't I, – I, I, I do a lot of different stuff, but I tend to get burnout on things. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'll move on to another thing. And I've noticed with yeah. – I don't know if it's just a natural progression, but I've noticed I've, I'm gravitating to hand tools more and more. And I don't know if it's because in my day job, I'm programming something on a computer and I'm telling a machine to, to do this, that, and this, and then it does it. And then, you know, you don't have that tactile feel. And I'm, I'm noticing I'm, I'm graduating more towards chisel work, plane works, stuff like that.
0: Can I ask I, I, you about that? When you got into machining, was it a lot more handwork? Did you learn on hand-operated machines, or yeah. were you always programming a computer?
2: Um, in in the the trade school, you, you were put on a, a manual lathe, a, a manual milling machine, and you're taught the basic skills, and then you're taught, you know, you're taught uh, the the programming end of it. It's called G-code. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's it's more it's cam software it's it's the the, the G code is behind a wall that you don't see necessarily until you're at the machine and you you, you don't really it's good to know that stuff but it's just advancements and uh, and technology but it's one of those things that I'm I'm very defensive when it comes to to, to the word CNC and people just. Dismiss it, and they have. It's like it's you know I some of these guys. It's I just want to put them in front of the Haas and tell them you know the keys are in it. Go ahead and do something, you know. (laughs) Anyone who
0: dismisses CNC doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, that
2: that that's the thing. But the thing is, is I think you like you see all these people buying these X carves, and I I I bought one just to have it, but it's it's not going to build you a credenza it's not going to build a high boy it's it's it it, it will help you it's a tool in your job but it's it, in your shop but it's not, it's not going to replace anything and you need those hand skills to realize how to make something and that was the one thing is is you know you can give someone a blueprint with a with a with a milling machine and if you don't know how to physically make that in your head and it conveys that way with woodworking if you don't know how to to put the rubber to the road you can enter all the numbers you want but you, you need that that fundamental and, and that was one of the things you know is 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 i i had a, a really fair you know a good amount of time on these manual machines and that that makes a hell of a difference
0: yeah, you understand what the machine's doing, so then mm-hmm. you're in a position to understand how to program it. But if you don't know those basic hand skills, how do you how do you understand what you're doing?
2: Yeah, and it's it's the same with, you know, running a router, whether or no whether or not to climb mill or not. You know, there's 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 it can be beneficial or it can be punishing, you know? <laughs> Stuff like that.
0: I want to jump to a project if we can, because I fear I haven't even looked at the clock, and I fear we're getting on a bit. <laughs> but um, you you made a plane for uh, John Barard's MakerCast giveaway, where you were an excellent <laughs> guest. Just as a side note, um, thank you. Tell me about making the plane, because as a woodworker and I'm not even going to say I'm exclusively a woodworker. I actually am a fairly decent sheet metal mechanic, but that is so different than the milling of billets and, and you know the, the CNC kind of stuff you do. Uh, we'll make sure we put some pictures of that plane in the show notes. But it's a, a stunningly beautiful infill plane. Um, is that the first? Have you made planes before, or is that just a result of your understanding how to mill metal? I, I,
2: that, that was my first one. Um, I've always, I've always, even before I used hand planes, something about the infill planes just always, I think it's the combination of the wood and metal and, you know, it sounds cliche, but it, I'm, I'm, I gravitate towards that stuff and I, I've always wanted to make a plane, but it's just such a dedication and it's, 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 uh, It's a lot of work, and it was one of those things where it just kept getting put off and put off, and John Berard approached me and said, I want to do this giveaway, and he's, you know, he said, you know, Mark's going to be doing, you know, giving something away, and Jimmy, and all these huge names, and, you know, I'm just, I'm nobody, and I was like, well, I've got to bring my A game, so I that gave me the motivation to do this, and uh, I just... During nights, you know, I would sit and while my wife and I watch TV, I would just sit on the computer and just, just model and, and do drawings and just, you know, slowly build this thing. And it, 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 and it is an infill. It's like a hybrid, like, infill block plane. And uh, it's dovetailed. It's uh, brass sides with a, with a steel uh, sole. And uh, I used cocobolo uh, for the wood. On the knob and the the the, the front handle,
0: yeah, and look, uh, can I stop you for a go second? Ahead. Yeah, you you say it's a hybrid infill block. My understanding is infill reply re, indicates the way it's made, and block is the type of plane. So yeah, okay.
2: Um, I I, I just I don't know if it's a true infill plane because the the, the back isn't filled with wood. I I'm, okay, I'm so- naive on that end of things you you're know? saying that
0: okay because you have that the wood the, the wood infill if you will in the front yes yes um, but the way the 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 blade and is that a Norris adjuster
2: uh it's it's i don't know the it's the an proper adjuster term. all
1: right <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh um, i believe it's mind. one
0: of the Norris style adjusters and because it's low mounted because it's i'm assuming it's bevel up yes
2: Yes, it's a bevel up low angle. Okay. It, it, I I I use that that style and uh, and the it, it's got a very the the whole the whole bed that the the blade sits on is all surface ground and and it was funny because I I made a video for the guys in the I like to make stuff group. Cause mm-hmm. everybody, you know, I, and I was nervous too. I, you know, I make this thing and what if it doesn't work? What if it's just garbage? And, you know, I, I, I sharpened the, the blade and then I just did a little video of, I, I did end grain cuts on uh, pine, cherry and oak and it, it just performed flawlessly. And I was really tickled with it and I boxed it all up and I, you know, taped up the box. And then later that day I had to... I had to uh, <clears throat> to do something woodworking related. I can't remember what it was, but I, I needed a block plane, and I had to grab my old crappy <laughs> Stanley. <and laughs> it was it was a little defeating. So, but uh, hopefully, I'll have one for myself pretty soon. So, well,
0: what, it's, it's am I right that you you're going to make a? you're going to make a small batch of them or are you going to make them on, on commission on, in a small run?
2: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing a, 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 small run of them. Uh, I'm, I, I think I've got 10 or 12 that are spoken for. Mm-hmm. And a I don't think, oh, yeah, I don't think run. I'm going to do, do too much more. I'm, I'm just basically given, I've done an announcement on my Instagram and, and on, uh, Facebook and in the group. And, uh, I, I've just got the the the, the pre order out there till December, and then that'll give me carry me through the winter, and I can uh, make those. So I'm excited about doing it. And then i I, I kind of want to explore other avenues. Like I'd like to really, uh, I'd love to make myself a a shooting plane, like a miter plane.
0: Oh, that would be wonderful.
2: Yeah, and then. I I, w- I don't know, I, I doubt I would ever <laughs> use it, but I do, I would love to make a compass plane.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, no one is I think doing th- that. I think <laughs> that your block plane is an absolute thing of beauty. It is. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know that I'm going to buy one for myself because I don't use a block plane that much, but I will be the first person in line for a compass plane.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's that's going to take some research, but uh, but... It, it's just something that it's, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's those older tools and, uh, because I was, I was looking at the, uh, at doing a router plane and then the, the, the walk more.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is really neat.
2: Yeah. That, that thing was just, I saw that and it was just like, man, it's, if I make one, it's just going to be a copy of that. So it's like, I'd rather just, you know, <laughs> just, just get that and, 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 uh,
1: <laughs> but get, get a Butter. hold of yourself <laughs> oh,
0: but uh, excuse me
1: yeah you alright <laughs> yeah <laughs> that um I mean truly impressive obviously you know if 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 not enough people have told you that that Thank plane you. is absolutely awesome then I'm glad it's well received I mean if you've got that much I mean that could easily become a little more. As uh, uh who said it? Somebody that spoke at WIA, um, Rainy, uh, yeah, of dead dead woodwork woodwork. So I said, would
0: definitely say you should talk to Rainy because oh yeah he, yeah I he was, was just a hoot to talk to. <laughs> it,
2: yeah. it, 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 this just uh, a story on just basically what my world is like as far as I'd never been to WIA or any of the the woodworking conferences or any really conference you know maker related at all and uh my cousin and i were leaving and we pulled into saratoga to get on the Northway to head to the i-87 to head to oh to ohio and uh i'm pumping gas and this guy this old guy gets out of the this black suv and he says hey how you doing and i just said hi and just kept pumping my gas and i'm looking at him and i'm like this guy looks familiar. Well, it was Bill Parcells (laughs) and I just, I was, I just shrugged my shoulders and I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. And then I get there, I get to WIA and I'm like, Oh my God, that's Chris Schwartz. And then like, you know, he, uh, you know, Mark walks by me and then I see Diami and it's just like, Oh, you know, I'm starstruck. And it was like that with the, uh, I, I sat for the, the plane makers, Uh, round table. And that Mm -hmm. was just, that was right after I had made the the hand plane and I was just in my glory. And, uh, Mm. but I, I'm just naturally a shy person. And it was like, I wanted to go up and talk to Rainey and Conrad, but it was like, I just, you know, I, I just I have trouble you know approaching people like that, so right. I just need to tag along with you, DiAmis. So. Well, let me just say I'm,
0: I'm I'm flattered and honored and undeserving to be put in that group. Uh, True, but that being said, you you may or may not realize that really high end planes. While I am as for them as the next guy, and I think they're an absolute thing of beauty and art and skill, the skill that I don't have. Um, They don't necessarily fit into my workflow the way I work on pieces these days. Uh, So I was pleasantly surprised at how much fun it was to chat with Rainey while we were there. I had like three or four conversations with Rainey. Yeah, he's a character. He is an absolute Mm hoot. Yeah, he's Um, awesome. And I think I'm, I'm going to do my best. I'm not making any promises here, but I'm going to do my best to get him on, on the air with us because I think it would just be a really enlightening and entertaining conversation. Absolutely. So I bring that up because at least in terms of my experience talking to Rainey, where I don't know a damn thing about plane making, and I was able to have a, a, a nice conversation with him, I think that as you know something about plane making i don't mean to say you know as much as him but you know you know what the struggles are you know what the issues are i think i think all you need to say is say hey Randy, i was trying this and it didn't quite work out and he will just go off with Mm -hmm. exactly what the problem is and how to fix it and um i'll gladly introduce you if i have the ability to do that but i don't even think you need that i think he's just that kind of guy where you say what you're making and he'll just talk to you he's just he, he just seems to be that kind of guy
2: yeah, well, I, I know they spoke at the at the roundtable. Conrad Sauer, he basically taught, you know, he gave Rainey all these tips. And, you know, technically, if you look at it, they would be considered competitors. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's interesting to see that, that, that that they're just very open in that way. And, and uh, you know, it's, it, it was just interesting and it's just it's it's just like I said it it to me it's a real high level uh, craftsmanship do you need that stuff to make stuff no you don't not at all but it's just it was to me it was just really neat to see the mm. the processes and
0: but I, I think that this is probably not true of the things you make it work because they're very or some of them. I don't know about all of them, but I'm I'm sure that some of them are very practical things that machines of many different types rely on to work. But to step away from that and talk about like the branding irons you're making, or the plane, or the woodwork that you do, or the woodwork that Sean does, the woodwork that I do, none of these are things that people need. They're things yeah, that true. they're things that people want. They're things that are built as close to exceptionally well as we can manage. Um. So, you know, given the the time and effort and energy and artistry that we all put into what we create and the fact that we choose to invest all this time and energy and mental effort in creating things, whether they be of wood or metal, um, I think we can all appreciate the effort and time that Conrad and Rainey put into their planes. No, no one needs them, but... For the people who understand what goes into them and understand how to use them, they're a revelation.
2: Oh, and they're they they're heirlooms too. Yeah. You know? it's 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 like when I got my first Lee Nielsen plane. You know, it's like this is what it's supposed to be. You know, it's not supposed to be a struggle. And you know, I, I like I said, I'm just on the you know just getting my feet wet in this hand tool world. And you know, I'm. <coughs> I'm not going to be, uh, you know, a woodwright, um, but it, it, it's become part of my, uh, my day-to-day woodworking skills and, but, uh, you, you, you see, and, and, and it's the same with being a machinist, you know, I've used, you know, uh, a, a $10 Chinese cutter and I've used, a hundred dollar American or German cutter, appreciate that quality mm-hmm. you know and, and it's the same, it's the same with, you know with the, the, the festool and and it's the you know i have i have festool i have a domino and then i have a handful of harbor freight tools because it's something that i use every six months for five seconds and then it gets put away i don't need you know and 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 and, and that that's what i i just i i try not to be you know you get people that are these tool snobs and 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 that was the your talk on the festool uh a few months ago that was that was really refreshing and you know because people can be so you know brand specific or, or or brand loyal and it just was refreshing to hear. I'm assuming hear you, you were talking about, about
0: how, in the same conversation, I talked about how they were both the best and the worst. Yes, um. it was that, you know. <laughs> yeah. and,
2: and 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 they're they're like, uh, I have the Domino, but I have a, a Makita track saw because i i did my I did research and it was splitting hairs. And for the 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 budget that I had, the Makita made more sense to me. And it's stuff like that,
0: you know. Absolutely, and. You know, I, I'm going to beat a dead horse here, but I don't know anybody who is of the two minds that I am with Festool, except perhaps you, and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> everyone I know either thinks that they're just way overpriced and that's it, or they make everything the best. And I'm sorry, but there is no brand of tool, hand tool, power tool, equipment. There's no <coughs> brand that is just the best.
2: Yeah, and and, and with my and I know we've had conversations over Instagram about it, yeah. but with my father working in the hardware store, I would hear all the gossip, you know, this company got bought by this company. So now all, no longer this company is this, it's like like Delta is like the redheaded stepchild. It gets
0: bought <laughs> and sold
2: so many times that I remember my dad basically being forlorn because when, when Dewalt bought Delta, and then they sold it to the Chinese, which I wasn't aware of, and you told mm. me about that. But their Delta and Rockwell, they had stores and stocks of all their parts for you know old Unisaws and this stuff, and they just discontinued all that stuff. Yeah. And a lot of I know a lot of the shop, you know, the, the high school shops and stuff like that. If those saws break and they can't get parts, you know, it's not easy for them to budget a $3,000 cabinet saw.
0: No, but that's unfortunately the scenario they're in.
2: Yeah, I know. Uh, And and it's just, it's sad.
0: I think I've told the story before, but uh, I have a, I actually have two because when I find them used, I buy them because they're so hard to find. Uh, Porter cable right angle drills.
2: Uh huh. And
0: Mm. um, to talk about how. With the buyout of Porter Cable Delta and the separating of the brands and just the elimination of that old stock. I I can't say that it's true, but the guy I buy my used tools from who fixes tools, I mean, he sells new tools. But really, the crux of his business is fixing handheld power tools and stationary equipment. That's what he does. And according to him, I had what I have in my right angle drill, because I had to have it repaired, is the last right angle gearing that they had in the warehouse, and they don't make them anymore. So you can't get them. <laughs> I have the last one. Yeah. Um, and that's just ridiculous. That, that was such an iconic tool, and that's just the right angle drill. Forget about the unisaws and all the even bigger, more important things that they made.
2: Yeah, it's in... Been- it's that that's the sad part. And it's it just seems to be commonplace that, you know, the, the tools are becoming more and more disposable. But
0: I i think that's overall. But if I could make some listeners cry with this, <laughs> from what I understand, when Stanley, when Stanley, when who bought Stanley? When Black uh, and Decker bought Stanley, Is that what was it Black was and Decker, Decker? Yeah. bought Black and Decker.
2: I think, yeah, it's it's one or the other. Through, through
0: one of the purchases of Stanley, when Stanley... I think they maintained the Stanley name, but they got bought out by somebody else. But the there was a time in Stanley's life when they didn't understand why planes <coughs> were useful anymore. And they had their old manufacturing and design facility in Connecticut where Stanley was based. and I think they still are. And... They got rid of all their prototype planes. Hmm. So Stanley doesn't have original models of Stanley hand planes. Yeah, mm. it's, it's crazy how the lack of consideration and of history and um, of the importance of these things and the utility of them. Like, they could take any of them, put them back into production, and people would buy them like droves because they worked.
2: Yeah, yep. Yeah, you, you look at – I mean, I, I have a, a – uh number eight stanley from turn of the century and that's what i i used to 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 flatten to rough flatten my uh workbench when i was building that and and you know and i didn't i didn't go through it with a fine tooth comb i basically cleaned it up a little bit and then just sharpened the blade and the thing just
0: it worked you know and you, you see, put it through a Hot Five axis. Come on! No, <laughs> no, no
2: I, there was no
1: surface, surface mill or and all. Oh yeah. No,
2: no. But uh, but yeah, you look at the you know the the plane that hangs in the blister pack at Lowe's, and it's, it's just it's it's you know people
0: buy those, you know. They do, and then they don't real. They, then they, they can't figure out why anyone uses a plane. Yeah.
1: Yep. Right. Yeah, that's I, I figure that's what I always get. It's like, what, wait, you do what and why and when and. Like no, just really, it's it's this. It's not that hard if you've got And I don't have any. The only Lee Nielsen I have is a tongue and groove plane. It's very specific. All my block planes are old Stanley's. Actually, the first block plane I got, or not block. Many but block bench planes, planes do you have? Bench, I have. I actually have got like five. Probably like your router problem. <laughs> got, I've got five or six block planes, and uh, and then uh, bench planes is what I, was, what I meant to say because I've got. Uh I don't have a 3 I have a four of a five a five and a half and a six. Anyway. I want an eight. Tony well. will take yours if you're done with it. Um, <laughs> um When I, when
2: I make an eight, I'll give you that
0: one. Oh my god.
1: If you make an eight, uh never mind. Yeah, I'll take your Euro Stanley off you because I won't be able to afford the one to make. Um but they're they're great when, once they're once they're usable. I mean, the, you know, the old ones they can look like hell, and, and but you can fix them up with if you want to. And not everyone's a, pool, a tool fixer. Some people yeah. are just tool users. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like yours, Tony. I mean, you 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 brush it off. You sharpen the the iron. You make sure the bottom's flat, and go to work with it. And those old ones they still work. They yeah. work great. Um, and then there's, you know, modern tooling, you get a couple different blades from a couple different guys and, uh, you know, make it, make them just a little bit sweeter, but, um, they're, they're classic. But I mean, going back why I mentioned Rainy initially, um, with your infill thing, like he, he mentions, and I, I'm not going to directly quote him and I I don't want to, but something about like infill plane, infill planes are, are a disease and some people are susceptible (laughs) and some people aren't. Sooner or later, if you have the disease, you will either make one or find a way to pay for one. Um, <laughs> so you're taking the arguably more expensive route <laughs> by making True. them, but at least you'll understand how it goes together, and you actually have a, an opportunity then to make a, a at least a small business out of it, which is awesome.
0: That is awesome. hopefully. Yeah, before we uh, before we kind of wrap this up, because we are running a touch long. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about, Tony? In terms of the stuff you make, and anything you want to make people aware of, or just share that you have fun doing?
2: <laughs> um, I, you know, I, 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 do all kinds of the making. You know, I, 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 I do three D printing and stuff like that. But you know, not I've I've pretty much covered the woodworking end of things. Uh, uh, I just hope. You know, I can – I, I want to uh, expand and keep working with the hand tools and, uh, you know, hopefully get some more time in my shop once the, the kitchen's done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. Thanksgiving is well, fast that, that approaching. I hope it's it coming
0: up real quick, so you should yeah, be Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: I, I have to do that. That's the, that's the machine shop at me. I need the gun to the back of my head in order to get something done, so cool. –
0: then, when we wrap this whole thing up, we will certainly ask for all your contact info. But for right now, you got a bunch of woodworkers listening. What's how can they contact you about looking at and potentially ordering some infill planes?
2: Uh, the best route would probably be Instagram. Um, my Instagram uh username is is Hillview underscore WM and uh, it's got the details and pictures of the, the hand plane and 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 just stuff I do that that's I'm most active on there okay on on Instagram
0: okay great um this is gonna bring us to our uh, you know we're talking about woodworking so of course that leads right into the fortnightly beer choices yes um, we probably could have talked to you about this before we went on air, Tony, but we, <laughs> recommend, we recommend a beer every week or every two weeks. Um, so if you have one, great. We'll ask you for it in a little bit. If you don't, no problem at all. Not everyone does, but um, in the meantime, Sean, yes, sir. What are you going to recommend? I think I, we're we're running along the same lines here.
1: We are. I think we need to reach out to this company and see if they might want to float us some uh, <laughs> some loot, possibly. <laughs> um I picked up a a dogfish head a Namaste white. To the Belgian belted wheat beer that they make, um, it's very good. I I cheated. Well, I didn't cheat, but before you previously mentioned the um, uh, what what is it now? I just had it. The um, oh, it's an IPA, but it's a citrusy one. Um, citradelic? No, not citradelic. It was the blood and the, uh, blood. Yes, flesh and blood. Flesh, flesh and blood. Flesh and... So I and I, I sent you a picture that I had found that and mm-hmm. so when I went tonight to Nike, pick up some beer I, I grabbed a single on that and I had that before we started recording. I love that Flesh of Blood IPA.
0: Flesh of Blood is good. I, I personally I think the Sergellic is a little bit better. Yeah, and so I um, need to
1: I need to kind of compare the two because I can actually get them both right now. But um this uh this, this wit beer is good. If you if you like if you like it's a, it's a light
0: wit beer. Um, what, what I'll say about the Namaste is that I don't like Whitbeer. beer. And okay. I still find it good. So I go. can recognize that it is a very well done Whitbeer. There you go. But well, how about you? What do you got? Um, I have the Dogfish Head Squall IPA. And
1: that I don't I just I was just looking at the cooler today. I
0: don't know if I have that here yet. It is a uh, it's a twenty sixteen Dogfish Head Craft Brewery Limited Release. Um which means you get it because
1: you live closer to Maryland than I
0: do. Yeah, there's still stuff I guess, so don't, <laughs> don't be so jealous. Um, it's a it's a bottle-conditioned IPA. Um, mm. it's, I don't mean to be harping on the IPAs. They're not the be-all, end-all, but Dogger's Head makes particularly smooth IPAs, which I think a lot of the mass-produced ones are not so smooth. They're a little too hoppy. I agree. Um, but this is just a very – it's a bit richer than the standard 60-minute. And when you get into their 90 and 120 minutes, the hoppiness kind of comes out. And what I learned is if you have them at a warmer warmer temperature, they're a bit better. But they like the 120 almost. I don't mean to to say that it really tastes like this, but it's almost more like port than like beer um, in terms of the way you, you sip it and consume it and it works. Mm-hmm. Whereas the squall is still a good beer, but it's it's a bit richer than uh, than the regular regular ones. Uh, so I found it quite enjoyable. I found a, I bought a couple of big bottles of it. Mm-hmm. And Tony, how about you?
2: Um, I wish I was like Nick Offerman and could say like <laughs> Lagavula, whatever that. Laguanita?
1: Oh, oh, no, no. Scotch? Scotch? No,
2: Lagavulin yeah. or <laughs> Lagavin or... Whatever, I'm not much of a drinker because my buddy always laughs whenever he he's like you got He enjoys beer and he'll get me to try one, and I'll, it, it all tastes like fizzy bread to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like whiskey a little bit. Uh, I did uh, actually. I don't drink much, but I actually had a, a Crown Royal. My the same buddy that always gets me to drink the awful beer um, got me a small bottle of a. It's a Crown Royal Vanilla. That was that was really really nice.
1: So. Hey. Nothing wrong with a good, good crown. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's good stuff. And not everyone likes beer. That's totally understandable.
0: So, with that, Tony, we thank you very much for coming on with us. And uh, Thank you. you know, now, could you tell people, beyond anyone who might want to buy one of your beautiful infill planes, where can people find more about you online? Besides the um, Instagram.
2: The Instagram... Uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, Hillview Wooden Metal, and uh, I'm I'm in the uh, the I like to make stuff group on Facebook. I'm usually quite a quite. I'm on there a lot,
0: posting a lot. I think and, that's uh, one of the rules for being in there is that you have to be on there a lot. Yeah, <laughs>
1: And much. I, I will say I've I've, uh, I've I've requested two separate times now. I've rescinded my original request and requested again to be added to that, and they don't like me.
2: Oh, I'll, I'll get you. In. I, I, I I know a guy. So I know but, a um, guy. There you go. <laughs> but uh, and I I I do have a, a, a Twitter account, but I just I am hardly ever on it. I usually I usually go on it to see what you know, like what Diarmi and a, a few of the guys do. I don't I don't tweet too much. So, but Facebook and Instagram. I have a, a YouTube channel uh but i i've only done a handful of videos and it's more for my my kids so
0: do you have um do you have a website people can go to
2: no i do not i i'm lacking in that i've i've oh. just kind of skated by on facebook and the social media
0: Qu- quite frankly i think that for 95% of people out there having a facebook page for hillview metal and wood you, you wood and metal. I, I can't get the right <laughs> you you Wood and metal. Wood and metal. Um, having a Facebook page for that is probably as good. So uh, as long as people can find you there, we'll, we'll point yeah. as many people as we can towards it because these are just gorgeous planes.
1: Absolutely. Have, have you set up a shop in any way? Or, or I guess maybe you will soon.
2: I, I'm thinking I'm, – I'm hoping soon. Uh, it's all – like with my branding irons, it's all been word of mouth. Uh, yeah. I made – You know, I I made one for myself and I made one for, I made uh, one for Jimmy Uh, and I I put it in a drawer because I was too scared to send it to him (laughs) and uh, I made mine and uh, I just posted in the group just to say, hey, look, I made a branding iron and uh, two months went by and, you know, people liked it and, uh, you know, I felt good and stuff like that and then I had a guy out of the blue from Texas want me to make him one and then it just started snowballing and then... I said, I, I decided to get up the gumption to mail it to Jimmy. And of course, you know, if you spoke about it before DiAmi. Jimmy is just, he's just this nice approachable, just, just very humble, warm person. He's a and sweetheart. he's, yeah. And he's used the, the iron in a handful of videos and he's always, you know, mentioned my name or whatever. And I usually, it's just been this slow trickle and it's all been word of mouth that, and, and, and honestly, it, it works for me that way because I, I have, you know, three stepchildren at home. I have a family. I have I have my shop, too. So I just try to do, you know, a couple a week and or one or two a week on one night, one evening a week in the shop. And then the rest of the time I can finish it up at home. But I try not to be, you know, there, you know, I, I don't want to live at the machine shop.
0: Right so, right but it's something that that frankly most people in the group can't make they don't yeah not, mm-hmm. not that everyone in the group isn't a good maker but it's a very it's a very you know defined set of skills that you have and i think a lot of us are jealous of your ability to, to take a piece and of I, metal and and make such a defined shape and such a variety of shapes out of it um, and, and I'm
2: I'm extremely lucky that I have access to what I have because if I didn't, it would be much more difficult. Because I have tried to do research to, to to bring this to to my house and to my shop, and it's just it, it would be a huge investment, you know, oh, just I, even at entry so level. level.
1: Oh, that, yeah, it's enormous. So yeah, I I totally understand that because I mean, so. look at what Crucible is. I mean. They've yeah. got they've got successful people already involved in that. I mean, established, well-known people, and it was a struggle just for them to get, you know, yeah. a, a, a decent milling machine. So, I, I, uh, that's that's the next step. You gotta you gotta do something before you can, you know, like one thing at a time. But uh, yes. I, I mean, Instagram, and, you know, and Facebook are as good as anything these days for selling things. Um, and yeah. Just keep the word out there, and we'll do we'll do the best to keep it going because uh, you deserve it.
2: I I thank you, thank you for that.
1: <laughs> you're very welcome. Well, that just about wraps this show up. Uh, if you're missing us already, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play Music. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Once you've subscribed, uh, you'll never be uh, you'll you'll be sure never to miss the next exciting episode. Uh, and while you're there, uh, leave us a review, will
0: you? Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely, and um, if you've enjoyed listening to the Modern Woodworkers Association, you can uh, you can find us at themodernwoodworkersassociation.com dot You can follow the MWA on Twitter at MWA underscore national. You can like the MWA on Facebook or circle Modern Woodworkers Association on Google Plus. The best thing you can do is tell a friend because word of mouth goes a long way in sharing the discussion. <laughs>
1: And I'm Sean Wisniewski of the Corner Workshop. I'm at SeanW78 on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me on Facebook.
0: I am Diami Plotke. I am at the Modern Woodworkers Association, and you can click the little tab up in the upper right-hand corner for a penultimate woodshop. I still have my own site, but I'm trying to blend it all in there. Uh, as Tony mentioned, you, you can find me on Twitter a couple thousand times a day. <laughs> um, I am at Deami Plotky on Twitter and uh, you can find me on the Facebook and the Instagram and all the other social platforms I can put it uh, in front of. So for that, I think that wraps us up. I'll fill the pregnant pause that Sean left. Um, <laughs> and I uh, and will hope that everyone is having fun and making something nice in the shop.